Hi there, this is the Reverend Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is Love to Tell the Story. It might well be one of the most profoundly spiritual places that I've ever known. And the thing is, to look at it, it's really nothing all that special. It's just the wooden dock that sits on the lake shoreline down at the end of a long set of stairs in front of our camp in Maine. It's gotten pretty old over the years, and it's always in need of some kind of repair. It's not nearly long enough or wide enough, and, and it can tend to be kind of, shall we say, eerie. And don't even get me started on what it takes to get it in and out of the water every year. And yet, as I think back, that dock has always seemed to be the place where great things happen. I learned to swim in that very spot. And years later, so did my own children. My wife, Lisa, and I, when we were first engaged, we planned our future together while sitting down on that dock. And I can't even begin to tell you the number of family gatherings where the dock has been the central point of fun, laughter, and a fair amount of chaos. But even more than this, I've realized that it's also been a place where each one of us in our family has gone for moments of quiet reflection. Friends, I am not by any stretch of the imagination a morning person. But I gotta tell you this, sooner or later every summer, I am compelled to rise up in the wee hours so that I might go down to the dock and, and in the midst of early morning silence, simply watch the sunrise over the eastern shore of the lake. And it's been in those times, alone with God, that I've rejoiced, that I've cried, that I've worked out many of the uncertainties of life that have come my way, and sometimes, in the utter confusion of all of it, I've simply looked heavenward from that dock and asked, why? And it's just a dock, the wharf, as we used to call it. But for me, it has truly been that place of quiet revelation, the place to learn and often to be reminded time and time again of who and whose I am. And strange though it might sound, it's the place that I always imagine when I return to that 35th verse from the first chapter of John, in which we're told that in the morning, while it was still very dark, Jesus got up and went out to a dirt, deserted place, and there he prayed. Now, those words that I just quoted comes very early in Jesus' public ministry, when news of his teachings and miracles had spread quickly throughout the region of Galilee, and people were seeking him all through the day and into the night. Everybody wanted to see Jesus. Everybody was pressing in upon him with all their problems. They, they were bringing him their disease to, to be healed. They were coming with the ones thought to be filled with evil spirits in the hope that they too might be restored. So many people, so many problems, so many demands on Jesus' time and energy and spirit. It must have been overwhelming. Even knowing what we do about Jesus... One can't help but look at these gospel stories and, and wonder how he possibly managed to help all those people. And where Jesus, who, while fully God, was also fully human, found the strength 
that he needed to keep up that pace? Well, it's that one verse that gives us the answer. It was at that solitary place where Jesus found the strength and the courage to follow God's will and not his own. To speak God's words and not his own. To do God's work and not his own. These times of prayer were moments of spiritual intimacy that took place between Jesus and his heavenly Father. Moments essential to the work of the kingdom that was to be done. Indeed, it was only after such quiet times of prayer and communion that his ministry could continue with purpose and meaning. And it begs the question, if this time off to a lonely, solitary place for prayer and reflection were essential to Jesus, who was the very Son of God, if Jesus knew that he could not live in the world or face the challenges before him without God's presence and strength, then why would we ever assume it could be any different for you and me? For so many of us, our regular daily life cycle of word, action, and obligation, which often exists solely for the sake of moving forward, quickly and easily takes priority over the necessary moments of quiet and standing still. And for us as Christians, people who at least ought to be somewhat invested in the spiritual aspect of life, such a thing happens at our peril. I know that in my own experience, there have been far too many times when I've allowed myself to become too preoccupied with doing that which needs to be done, if only so I can immediately move on to the next thing that needs to be done. Yet in the process of accomplishing all these things, I've neglected to garner the strength and the serenity necessary to live as God would have me live, to be about the business of God's kingdom and not the one of my own creation, to adopt God's purposes for my life rather than my own. I ask you, does any of this sound familiar to you? Let me put it another way. It is so very easy for any of us to run ourselves ragged, only to realize that we've forgotten why we were running in the first place. Friends, such are the times when we most need to go to that solitary place for prayer and reflection, to renew our very relationship with God and to be refreshed by His presence. Only then can we ever hope to get a handle on what is truly important about our lives, to learn when to hold on tightly and when to let go lightly, to find the strength and the vigor to do what really needs to be done and to wholly embrace God's gifts for accomplishing the task. Ultimately, you see, leading lives that are meaningful and purposeful, going as the old poem so beautifully phrases it, placidly amid the noise and haste, it starts with a discipline of prayer, a spiritual discipline that naturally begins alone with the Lord. Now, how and when that happens for us can take a variety of forms. But the point is that wherever the solitary place happens to be, it's that we actually go there and that we intentionally and purposefully spend that time alone with God. And then not merely speaking to God, but also and most especially listening to God's voice in the silence. Now I have to confess to you that even as one whose vocation is centered on the spiritual, I need to do this far more than I do it. But I can also tell you this, 
that it's been when I have taken the time to go to that solitary place that I can ever truly begin to follow through with all that God would have me do in my life, with my family, and in ministry. So, in that regard, my prayer for all of us about now, especially as in these upcoming weeks summer relaxation becomes a more viable option, is that we will take advantage of the opportunity to go to that solitary place with God, perchance to renew that relationship in the quiet and, and in prayer. And though, as a preacher slash podcaster, it might seem a little bit self-defeating to say this, I would also pray that we turn off our phones and get off social media for a bit, so that we might do as the psalmist has sung, to be still. Be still and know that I am God. Maybe this will be the year that we've truly seized the day, all for the sake of being refueled and renewed for every other day by the Lord's presence. And by the way, if you're looking for me, I'll be the one sitting down at the dock in the presence of the Lord, drinking a cup of coffee, as together the Lord and I listen for the loons and silently watch ripples form on the surface of the pond. And that brings us to the close of another episode of Love to Tell the Story. I'm Michael Lowry, and I thank you for listening today. And until next time, stay safe, be well, and may God bless you with a great day every day. We'll talk to you soon.